How you doing there? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Kufi Tes, Daf One Hundred Nineteen of Masech the Bava Kama. Friends, friends, friends. Um, yo, friends, friends, friends. Oh yeah, friends. Okay. Um. Oh yeah. What? Okay. Today's gonna have to be another chill that day. The thing is, I'm wearing my noise canceling headphones now. I wasn't wearing it for the second segment of yesterday. Um, so maybe because I'm wearing the noise canceling headphones, I won't realize that I'm actually being louder than I think I am, which maybe means that I might be a little bit more dynamic, um, which could work in your favor. <laughs> um, but I don't know. All right, Heather, here's the deal. Ooh, that's a bird. That's a very nice, that's a nice bird. I don't really see those kinds of birds. That's very nice. Okay. Anyways, um... So, so, oh yeah, today's the last out. Oh my god, because I have to try to keep it down, I can't uh, be as excited as I might want to be. But, uh, this is the Kufyun test, the final daf of Masech the Bavakam. That's a humongous deal. Give yourself a pat on the back. That's a big deal. Bavakam is not, this is not children's play. It's not child's play. <laughs> Bavakama is hard stuff, especially the last few weeks. We've been having, we've been clocking some of the longest doffs we've ever had at Babylon Talmud. My gosh. Let me tell you, Bav Metziah. <laughs> That's not a walk in the park either. <laughs> I think it might make Bavakama look like a walk in the park. Alright. But I'll go upon him. I don't want to scare you. I don't want to. Ooh, there's people. People are awake. Uh oh. The people are awake. They're going outside. They're going to look at me. Uh-oh. You think they're going to succeed? They're trying to get outside. Is the alarm going to go off? I guess we'll find out. Let's see. Will she figure out how to open the door? So far not. She's turning the knob. That's a good place to start. Mm. Knob is turned. Body force is being pushed. Okay. Now comes the confusion. Why is this not working? Does she realize that I'm staring at her? Not yet. Does she hear me analyzing the situation? It doesn't seem like it. Okay. What is going through her mind? The knob is being turned. Body pressure is being applied to the door. Okay. Looking on the down at the bottom to try to see <laughs> if maybe there's some kind of additional unseen lock. Okay. Knob is being turned once again. Okay. Will she just give up? I feel like Probably about five seconds. Oh, is she about to give up? Alright, let's go weiter. Oh, yep, she gave up. <laughs> so I hope that my with <laughs> my analysis of somebody trying to open the door was acceptable. <laughs> Maybe that would be in lieu of a complaint. I didn't complain this morning, so I had to replace it with the <laughs> Alright. Anyways. Alright, so we're talking about Bubba Common, how we're at the end. And uh and uh, let me tell you something. The end of Bavakama is so boring. It's so boring. So the first Amud, today's first Amud, is, is not boring. Is not boring. But then we get to Mishnah at the bottom of Kufi Tesmar Aleph. It's so boring. I didn't even learn it. I'm just gonna, I don't even have an art scroll over here. I have a, I brought, cause I, I only took hand luggage, so. 
I didn't have enough like room slash weight for Bava Kama and Bava Mitzia art scrolls. So I only brought the Bava Mitzia one because I'm going to need that more. So I'm just going to push it, read it out of Safari. It's going to be so boring. Okay, let's go fight her. Okay, so we're going to start on Dafe Kufiyad Tesumar Aleph, second line of the Almut. But it's exciting though because we're about to finish Bava Kama. So that, that's a big deal. Big leaks. Let me show my Paris Bechulis. We said that you can't purchase um, 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 uh, like fruits and wood from a, uh, a, a fruit watchman because they might not belong to him. Rav, Zovin Shabishto me Arisa. Rav purchased, what Shabishto? Chavile's Morris, I don't know, bundles of branches from a sharecropper. Omer Leah. Wait, no, this isn't Rav. Uh, let's, let's make it Rabba. So I'm going Abaye. So Abaye says to Rabba, But we learned in our, in a Mishnah that you cannot purchase from a fruit guardsman, um, wood or fruits. So Rabba says, yeah, but that's talking about a Shomer, a, a, a guard, a, a, a custodian, that he doesn't own any portion of the property and therefore it's, we have to be concerned that it may not be his to sell. Although Oris, but a sharecropper, the Isle Begave, that a sharecropper, you know, he does have rights to whatever percentage he's entitled to. I'll say that he is selling his own share. Tanar Abanan, the rabbis taught, Show me Paris, Lokhin Mayan, Kishen Yoshvin, Mochrin, Vasalin, Lifname, Vitutani, Lifname. So if you have a fruit custodian, you, you can purchase from him if he's sitting out in the open and he's selling with baskets full of fruits and there are scales. He's like doing like a proper, a proper enterprise. So if that's the case, then we can assume that, 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 that it's legit because he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't set up shop over there if he's stealing from his owner because he'll get busted. So if he's kind of doing it legit, so you can assume that uh, you can uh, buy from him. But as we said in the, in the price, I believe yesterday, that in any, no, in the Mishnah, that if in any of these scenarios, he says, yo, keep it on the, on, on the DL. I don't want people to know about it. Just, you know, be between me and you. So then you can't buy it from him. You could purchase from him from the entry uh, to the garden, but not from the the back the back entry, uh, from the front entry, but not from the back entry. Again, the less shady, the better. Itmar was saying, a, a thief, at what point can you purchase from him? I mean, if you have a guy who's a thief, so does that mean you can, you know, is he blacklisted, blacklisted forever? Or at a certain point, can you, can you, can you assume that, um, you know, you're not, you're not purchasing stolen contraband? So Rav Omar, Achete Rov Michelo. Rav says you can only purchase from this guy once the majority of his stuff is rightfully his. Shmuel says even, even if only some of his stuff belongs to him, we can, you can assume that what he's selling you is his. Yehuda la'ad da'yolo k'divrei ha'omer filo miyuchelo and Rav Yehuda ruled for ad da'yolo ad the attendant 
it's interesting. Uh, I, I, um, I learned, I was reviewing this on, on, on an airplane and on an airplane, a, a, a stewardess, a, a, like a, a, an attendant is called, I believe, a dayal or a dayelet. Um, even if the minority of stuff belongs to him, you could buy from him. Momin Moser, the Momin, the, 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 the money of a, somebody who like, um, you know, like we were talking about the other day, who shows the Schmendricks where, 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 where the property of, of the Yidden are, and then they take him away. So, so that guy's called a Moser. So Rav Hunov, Rav Yehuda, Chad Omer, Mutter la Abdo Biyad, you can ruin his property. You can't, you can't uh, actively ruin his stuff. According to the opinion, says you're allowed to actively ruin his stuff. Well, because his property shouldn't be any more stringent than himself. And we can cause bodily harm to him, so certainly then to his property. And according to the opinion, says it's forbidden. Well, maybe his offspring is going to be good people. That a shmendrik prepares, but who gets the benefit? The tzaddikim, the righteous. And therefore, so maybe to him we could do whatever we want. But um, to his property, which will be inherited by his offspring, leave that because maybe they will inherit it and they're good people. There was Rav Chizda had a sharecropper who would nickel and diamond. Salke, so Rav Chizda got rid of the sharecropper. And then Rav Chizda read the following verse about himself. That preserved for the righteous is the loot of the sinner. So that guy was nickel and diming me, and I got rid of him. Mi ki matikvas chonif ki yivza ki yishalelo enafshoi. That what is the hope of a shmendrik that he steals because, I don't know, God will take his soul or something. Rav Hunav Avchizda charomer nafshoi de nigzol charomer nafshoi de gazna. So it's machlekes Rav Hunav Avchizda about, are we talking about God will take the soul of the shmendrik or of the shmendrikt? The victim. So, man do amr nafsho shall nigzel to the one who says it's the soul of the victim. Tirsivki kain orchis kobotzei abotzes nefesh by the vikach. That this is the way of the shmendrik. This is the way of the thief. That he takes the soul of the victim. Man do amr nafsho shall gazlan to the one who says the soul of the shmendrik of the thief. Tirsiv al tigzel dal ki dalhu. Don't steal from a. Uh, lowly person from a uh, uh, impoverished person because he is impoverished and do not uh, forlorn is that even a verb a poor fellow in the gate because God will fight their fight and will kill the perpetrator the thief Nefesh bailov yikach, but what about the first pasuk that says nefesh bailov yikach, which is the victim? My bailov, 
by the Hashta. No, when it says the owner, it doesn't mean the previous owner, it means the current owner, the thief. The Idoch Nami, and according to one who says that it is the um, victim, Oxiv, Vikovis Kovem, Nofesh, that it says, but uh, the but the but the uh, but the thief is going to get in big trouble. Is going to be killed. Matam comment. No, it's saying for what reason? Matam v'kavas kovem mishum dekaboy nefesh. Why do why why is the um um you know what what what's the problem? The problem is that they um is that they um ruined the 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 victim. All right. Someone who steals from his fellow a, 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 the equivalent of a prute. It's as if he's taking his soul away from him. This is the way of the people who steal. That they take the soul of the victim. It says, you will consume your harvest and your bread, and consume your sons and your daughters. And it says, from the Hamas. Hamas is, um, right, of course, when you steal something and then forcibly pay them for it, um, that they have spilled the innocent blood in their land. And it says, to Saul and the house of blood. Asher Hamis is a givonim that he um, killed the givonim. My vomer, what are all these? Why? How come we're giving four psukim? Well, if you say that when you steal from a fellow, you are only stealing his soul, but not the soul of his children. Tashma beside bonav of nosav. Well, that's why we have the next pasuk which talks about his children. Well, that's maybe only because he's not paying him for it. But maybe if he paid him for it, that would be a different story. Well, that's why we have the next pasuk, which mentions Hamas, which is even when you pay for it. And if you say, And if you say, okay, but that's only when he does it directly. But not, a, not, not, not if it's a causality. That it says that Shaul killed the Givenim. So, where did we ever find that Shaul, that Saul killed the Givonim? Ela mitoch shaharad nov irakianim shaoyu maspikin loim mainu mazum. Well, Saul didn't kill the Givonim directly, but he uh, destroyed nov irakuanim who would supply water and food for the Givonim. So he caused the Givonim to be killed. So we treat it as though he killed them. So we see that even a causality would be a problem. So we said, but we can purchase from the women um, um, wool in Judah and what was it, shearings and no, uh, um, um, flax in the Galilee, I think we said. So we say that you can purchase from the women wool in Judah and flax in the Galilee. But not wine and oils and fine flowers. And not from the avodim, 
Tinokis and not from the children. Abishol, Mrs. Abishol, Mocheris Isha, Barbo, Vachmishadina, Kedidasos, Kipa, Lerosho, a woman can sell four or five dinners worth in order to make some kind of head covering for herself because um, the assumption is that uh, her husband will be cool with that. And as we've said in the past, that in all of these scenarios, if there is a request, on, if the buyer requests from the purchaser, like, hey, can you keep it on the DL? Mm-hmm. So then we walk away because that's shady. It's suspicious. A would be allowed to accept from uh, these women a small donation, but not a large one. But not a large donation. A person who works at a olive press, you can purchase from him lots of olives and lots of oil. But not little bits of olive or little bits of oil. Because again, we have to be concerned that maybe um, he's trying to be sneaky. You can purchase little amounts of oil, of, of, of olives from the women in the upper Galilee. Because sometimes a person is embarrassed, a fellow is too embarrassed to sell at the entrance to his home. So instead, he gives it to his... Oh, somebody else is trying to open the door. Let's see. Will he succeed? Ooh, I see some movement. Okay. He went straight for the top. That, okay, see. Oh, he looks like he's, I have confidence that this is going to work. Okay, let's see. He's turning the knob. And boom, it's open. I could just tell that he had approached that door with determination. I knew he was going to succeed. He succeeded in about five seconds. And now my friend has gone outside and she seems very happy. And I think she's, Trying to figure out, how did you open the door so quickly? Wow. Okay, she's outside. She still seems in a state of shock. She's moving around. She's looking around. Okay, well, everybody's outside now. Very nice. Congratulations, everybody. Where were we again? Um, so yeah, he might be embarrassed to be selling uh, uh, by his house. So he says, hey, wifey, can you sell? I'm too embarrassed. Although he might be too embarrassed to say he's embarrassed. So he's like, I'm busy. I gotta like, uh, watch TV, uh, go, go sell stuff. Ravina, make yourself useful. Ravina, ikla, vave machoza. Ravina, okay, now they're back inside. Hope it was worth it. Ravina, ikla, vave machoza. Osu, noshe, deve machoza. And the women of machoza came. Ramu, kame, kable, vishire. And they get put before him, I don't know, different kinds of jewelry, I think. Kovu Minayu. And he uh, accepted from them. I guess he probably purchased it from them. Accepted it from them. Homily Rabatos father, Ravina's Rabatos father says to Ravina, but we learned it by the Gaboit stock, Makabu Mayan Dover Muat, Avalo Dover Muba, that the Gaboit stock can only receive small things from him. Ah, maybe, I don't know, maybe they were collecting money or something? I don't know. Uh, so he can only accept the small things, not the big things. Omleani Livne. Yeah, but come on, we're in the fancy city of Mechoza, right? Mechoza was the city of Rava. I think Mechoza generally has the reputation of being a wealthy city. So we're in, we're in the wealthy, fancy city of Mechoza. Um, yeah, these, these jewelry things would be within 
the range of things that would be acceptable to that, that their husbands would be cool with that. Alright, Now we are going now we're mamish in like literally the final stretch of Bava Kama, the final segment of this illustrious Mesechta. Chever, this is going to be so boring. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, Chever, not only is this so boring, I was going to read this from the art scroll, which I think would have been acceptable, but I don't even have an art scroll. I'm literally going to read with the Safaria. Chever, I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow, by tomorrow, I have nobody listening to Babylon Talmud anymore. Everyone gave in all their swag, gave in everything, like, all right, we're done with Babylon Talmud. This guy's so boring, but... Alright, now that I got you all excited, I feel like I've made it seem like it's going to be so boring that maybe you're at least like interested to see like what does something that's so boring mean? So maybe, maybe by saying it's so boring, I, I interested you somehow? But, alright, well, see for yourself. I'm literally reading from my phone. Honestly, you can do the same thing that I, literally, you can do the same thing that I'm doing if you just take out Safari right now. And just go to the mission at the bottom of 119A above a comma with the English translation. I think I'm literally just going to read it from my phone. This is ridiculous. It's just so boring. Okay. Mohan Shakot. The thing is, the art school, they break it up into like, like, into like these little phrases. Safari just gives you like a chunk. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I don't know. Let's see. I like, I warned you. Mochen Shakot. Yeah, maybe I should probably read it in like small chunks because too much is too much. I don't, I don't even know. We'll figure it out. Mochen Shakot is Motzi. Hare Elu Shelo. Vasorik Motzi. Hare Elu Shabalabais. Now let's just divide it up how they divide it up. It'll probably go faster. I, we probably just want it to go as fast as possible. Be bored for the less, least amount of time. Kovis Notel Shloshachutin Behin Shelo. Yasu Mikain. Hare Elu Shabalabais. Okay, strands of wool that the launderer removes from the garment belong to him. Okay, as it can be assumed that the customer is uninterested in them. But strands that the carter, the heck is a carter, i.e. one who prepares wool for use as textile. That's a called a carter. Okay, removes, belong to the customer as it is assumed that the customer would want them. Since the carter often removes a significant number of strands. Hmm. Very interesting. A launderer takes three threads that were inserted at the edge of the garment. This is actually a very good translation. And they are his. But with regard to more threads than this, this is a very good translation. These additional threads belong to the customer. If there were, if these were black threads on a white garment, he takes all of them and they are his. As the removal of the threads improves, you see I'm like falling asleep already, this is so boring. As the removal of the threads improves, <laughs> The appearance of the garment, the customer does not want them. Should it say, is there a typo here? Should it be Shalbalabais? Probably, right? Yeah, Shabalabai. There's a typo here. Come on. Alright. In the case of a tailor who left enough thread attached to the cloth that it could be used in order to sew with it, or if there was a patch of cloth that is 
three finger breadths by three finger breadths left from the cloth given to the tailor by the customer. These items belong to the customer. This is so boring. That which a carpenter removes with an ads. What the heck is an ads? I should probably look up what an ads is one of these days because I feel like every time I see ads, I'm like, what the heck is that? <laughs> belong to him um, because an ads removes only small shavings of wood, which the customer is uninterested in. But what he removes with an axe, vakashil, belongs to the customer. And if he was doing his work in the domain of the customer, then even the sawdust belongs to the customer. Okay. Gemara. Tanarabanan lokhin mochin menakoves mpneshein shelo. Hakoves notel shnechutin elyon vehin shelo. Okay. The Gemara says the sages taught in a brisa, one may purchase strands of wool from a launderer because they are assumed to be his. A launderer may take the two upper threads of a garment and they are his. Okay. Okay. We're up to the final Amud of Mesechta Bavakama. And a carter that we said was like the wool guy or something should not place in a piece of cloth more than three stitches for each loop that he attaches to the cloth in order to stretch it out as this causes the cloth to overstretch and require trimming. And he should not card the cloth along its warp, i.e. vertically, but along its weft, i.e. horizontally. And he may even out the cloth by cutting it along its length, but not along its width. Alright. And if he comes to even out the cloth by removing up to a hand breadth of material, it is permitted for him to do so. I have no clue what I just read. It's so boring. Omar Mar, Shnei Chutin. The Gemara analyzes the Brisa. The Master said in the Brisa that the launderer may take two threads. But didn't we learn in the Mishnah that the launderer may take three threads? It's a good question. The Gemara answers this is not difficult. Okay. The ruling of this Brisa, which allows only two threads, is stated with regard to thick threads. Ah. And the ruling of that Mishnah, which allows... Three threads is stated with regard to, th- to thin ones. Hmm, very interesting. Hmm. It was also stated in the Bryce that he should not card the cloth along its warp, but along its weft. The Gemara asks, but isn't it taught in another Bryce that the opposite is? The Gemara answers, this is not difficult. The ruling of this Bryce, which prohibits carding along the warp, is stated with regard to an ordinary garment, which is designed for durability. Mm. And one should therefore avoid wearing out the material by carding along the warp. The ruling of that bison, which allows one to card along the warp, is stated with regard to an elegant cape, Ooh. which is made for aesthetic appearance, and is therefore improved by carding in this manner. Hmm. Very interesting. Asuye chad odum amtui vasuye tre teku. The Gemara examines the next clause of the Brisa, and a carter should not place in a cloth more than three stitches for each loop. Rabirmia raised the dilemma with regard to the definition of the term stitch in this context. Does drawing the needle in and out constitute one stitch, or perhaps does drawing the needle in and out constitute two stitches? Hmm. The Gemara responds, ich Okay. 
Vatanya Ipcha, Lokasha Beglima Bemyone. It was further stated in the Brisa, and he may even out the cloth by cutting it along its length, but not along its width. The Gemara asks, but isn't it taught in another Brisa that the opposite is true? The Gemara answers that this is not difficult. The statement of this Brisa, which rules that one should not even out the cloth along its length, is stated with regard to a garment. Chaver, wake up. Don't fall asleep. Where, <laughs> where even, oh my gosh, it would be so interesting if I can like see in the like statistics, like, at what point, like, everybody just turned off, <laughs> just stopped listening. If you're driving, don't, maybe, maybe if you're driving, like, turn this off. I, I, like, I don't want to be responsible for you to fall, uh, falling asleep at the wheel. Where an even length would be conspicuous, conspicuous. The statement of, oh, is so boring. The statement of that price of which rules that one should even it out along its width is stated with regard to a belt, Okay as the width of a belt is more noticeable than its length while it's being worn. Huh, I guess that's true. Tanner Abanan, in lokem and asorik mo... When's this over? Are we almost done? I don't even know, because I'm reading out of the safari. I just hope it's almost over. Tanner Abanan, in lokem min asorik mochen, mepneshe eno shalov, mokum shinagu leos shalov lokhin, v'chomokum lokhin bein karmole mochen, v'cheses mele mochen, maitama kenonu b'shinun. The Gemara cites a brisa that discusses which items may be purchased from a carter. The sage is taught in a brisa, one may not purchase strands of thread from a carter because it is assumed that they are not his. And in a place where the residents were accustomed to allow carters to retain strands, the strands may be presumed to be his and one may purchase them. And in every place, one may purchase them from them a cushion full of stuffing made from strands or a mattress full of stuffing made from strands. What is the reason that is permitted? The reason is that even if the carter had stolen the strands, once he uses them to make a cushion or mattress, he has acquired them through a change of form. Mm. Okay. Apropos the Allahos pertaining to weaving, the Gemara cites a price that discusses which items may be purchased from various craftsmen. The sage is taught in a price one may purchase from a weaver Neither woolen wads, the heck is a wad? I guess it's a wad, which are used to hold the bobbin in place on a shuttle. I, I don't know. We have any weavers here at Babylon Talmud? Nor heddles, nor threads of the bobbin, nor remnants of coils of thread that were left on the spool. As there is a concern that these items were taken from the customer without his consent. Avalokan man begged menumer erev ushasi tvi v'arib. When we purchase a spotted garment from them, even though the design indicates that it was made from strands of different colors, which the weaver may have stolen from other garments that he was weaving, it is also permitted to purchase warp threads and weft threads from them, as well as wool that was spun into thread or woven. All of these items may be purchased from the weaver because they have undergone a physical change and have therefore been acquired by the weaver even if he did steal them. Well, I mean, even if he stole them, they would at least technically belong to him and, and, and you'd be purchasing it from him. He would still, of course, have to pay it back. shakli my The Gemara asks, say, now that the Brysa taught that one may purchase spun wool despite the fact that it has undergone only a minor physical change, 
Is it, ne is it necessary to teach that one may purchase woven wool, which has undergone a greater change of form? The Gemara answers, what does the Brisa mean when it mentions woven wool? Is it not referring to wool woven into a garment, but to wool that... Oh, I'm sorry. It is not referring to wool woven into a garment, but to wool that is twisted into change, chains, which is also a minor physical change. It's already 8.15 in the morning? Have I been doing this for two hours? What? I've been recording Babylon Tom for like two hours straight, I think. That might also explain why I'm like, maybe a little bored. <laughs> Are we almost done? The Gemara examines which items may be bought from a dyer. The sages taught in a price that one may purchase from a dyer neither pieces of wool used for tests nor pieces used as a color sample nor detached pieces of wool as these might have been stolen, one may purchase from him a colored garment, spun threads, and clothes fashioned from the aforementioned pieces of material. The Gemara asks, now that the Bryce had taught that one may purchase spun threads from the dyer, is it necessary to teach that one may purchase clothes? It is obvious that one may purchase clothes, as the clothes themselves are made of spun threads. <laughs> Good point. The Gemara explains, what does the Bryce mean when it mentions clothes? It is referring to felt garment, which are not made of spun threads. Good point. The sages taught in Brisa, in the case of one who gives hides to a tanner, the trimmings of hide and the detached hairs bleh, belong to the customer, but the substance that comes up while being washed in water belongs to him, the tanner. What do you do with that substance? We are we almost done? Mm. Uh, no, not really. Dang it! <laughs> okay, where are we? Um, the Mishnah teaches that if the threads were black on a white garment, the launderer may take all of them. Rav Yehuda said a launderer is called a katsra in Aramaic. Hmm. And he takes the short, aww, threads of wool for himself. Hmm, that was sweet. Revuda also said all threads, all the threads, even those usually removed from the garment, are counted toward the minimum number of thumb lengths between the hole through which the sky blue wool is inserted, ah, for ritual fringes and the edge of the garment. But Yitzchak, my son, is particular about these threads and makes sure that the garment is of the proper measurement, even if the threads were to be removed. The Mishnah teaches in the case of a tailor who left enough thread attached to the cloth in order to sew with it. This thread belongs to the customer. The Gemara asks how much thread is necessary in order to be able to sew. Hmm, good question. Ravasi said the length of a needle outside the needle. 
A dilemma was raised before the sages did Ravasa mean that the thread must be the size of the needle and that beyond the needle there must be an additional amount of thread equivalent to the size of the needle? Or perhaps he meant that it must be the size of the needle and that beyond the needle there must be any minimal amount of additional string. In other words, Ravasi is saying that the thread must be two needle lengths or slightly more than one needle length. That's a good question. The more response, coming here a resolution as it is taught in a brisa in the case of a tailor who left the thread attached to the cloth, but it was less than the length necessary in order to sew with it, or it it was a patch of cloth that is less than three finger breadths by three finger breadths left from the cloth given to the tailor by the customer. The halacha is uh, dependent upon the customer's inclination. When the customer is particular about such items, these items belong to the customer. But if the customer is not particular about them, these items belong to the tailor. Okay, are we almost done yet? Hmm. The Gemara analyzes the price to deduce the answer. Granted, if you say that Ravasi meant to say that the thread must be the size of the needle and that beyond the needle there must be an additional amount of thread equivalent to the size of the needle, then the ruling in the price that a slightly shorter thread belongs to the customer if he wishes to keep it is reasonable since a thread which is less than that length is still fit for use as the stitching of a loop. Mm. But if you say that Rav Asi meant that the thread must be the size of a uh, of the needle and that beyond the needle there must be any amount of additional string, then with regard to a thread that is even less than that, for what use is it fit that the customer might wish to keep it? Hmm. Good question. So rather, Learn from the Brisa that Rav Asi meant that the thread must be the size of the needle and that beyond the needle there must be an additional amount of thread equivalent to the size of the needle so that the thread must be a total of two needle lengths. The Gemara affirms, conclude from the Brisa, that this is so. Are we almost done? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, we're like almost, almost done. Okay. Fine. Mashachar shchulei v'raminu. The mission teaches that which the carpenter removes with an adz, decks and adz, <laughs> belongs to him, but what he removes with an axe belongs to the customer. The Gemara raises a contradiction to this ruling based upon a price. So that which the carpenter removes with an adz, that which is severed with a saw belongs to the customer. But with regard to that which comes from out from under a drill or under a plane, and that which is scraped by the saw, i.e. sawdust, these belong to the carpenter. Whereas the Mishnah rule that the carpenter may keep what is removed with an adz, the Brisa rules that it belongs to the customer. Omar says, when I present an answer, Rav said, in the place of the town of our Mishnah, there are two kinds of blades used by carpenters. The larger blade is called an axe, and the smaller one is called an adz. By contradiction, by contrast, in the place of the town of the Brisa, there's only one carpenter's blade, and they call it an adz. Consequently, the adz referred to in the Brisa is actually an axe, and the rulings are therefore congruent. Okay, 
Now we're mamish at the end. Oh, if anybody's still awake, I'm barely, I'm barely awake. The mission teaches that if he was doing his work in the domain of the customer, then even the sawdust belongs to the customer. The sages taught in Brisa, stone chiselers are not in violation of a transgression due to the prohibition against robbery if they take the leftover chips of rock. Furthermore, with regard to those who prune trees, those who prune vines, those who prune, who trim shrubs, those who weed plants, and those who hoe vegetables, Galacha is dependent upon the owner's inclination. When the owner is particular about the plant trimmings, the workers are in violation of a transgression due to the prohibition against robbery if they tra- take the trimmings. But if the owner is not particular about them, then these items belong to the workers. Ravuda says, daughter and green grain are not subject to the prohibition against robbery as they grow on their own and no one tends to them. But in a place where people are particular about the ownership of daughter and green grain, they are subject to the prohibition against robbery. Ravina said, and in the place of matamachasya, Oh, what? What? Dude. Wow. It was all worth it for this. I wouldn't have gotten this if I wasn't just reading it <laughs> like a loser out of the safaria. I always thought that the place was called Matamachasya. But no, Matamachasya is the city of Machasya. Interesting. That's where Ravashi was from. Vashi was from Matamachasya. So it's really, it's called Mechasya? But was it always called though Matamachasya? Wow. The city of Mechasya is a city where residents are particular about daughter and green wheat. Wow. Whoa. All right. Wow. Okay. Sorry that the last 20 minutes was like so boring. But the good news, let me stretch. Oh my, I'm so tired. That was like so boring. But the good news is that we just finished Bava Kama. That's the big leagues. Seriously, give yourself a pat on the back. That was not easy at all. That was four intense months. It's a big deal, friends. Big deal. You got Bava Kama under your belts. Nobody can take that away from you. Check that off your bucket list. In my, in my view, that should be on your bucket list. Learn Bava Kama at least once. Check that off. Good job, everyone. Give yourself a pat on the back. Peace out.